0: Have I ever told you about having a strawberry Sunday <laughs>
1: on a cruise
0: yeah. that was so good that I didn't even know something good, that good existed? Yeah, I think I've told you that. Have I ever told you I have grandkids? Yeah. That's kind of the same thing, isn't it? Yes. I remember when people, uh, we, for a long time our kids didn't know how to have grandkids even after they were married, so took a long time, and I and I would talk to these people who were same age that I was, and they had all these pictures of grandkids, and they were crazy. They they were crazy people yeah. until we had grandkids, and then we became crazy people, because they didn't know I, as much as they told me how good it was. Didn't know how good it was until you experience it. And there's that is the way experiencing God is. So we are in this emphasis that, we're calling, that is called Experiencing God. If you have not yet gotten into this, I, I would do everything in my power to get you to participate in this. It involves the Experiencing God workbook back there, and we've got a few, we've got more coming. So that each day you spend time with God, five days out of seven each week, it leads you through seeing, looking at scripture and then applying it to your life. Each day you look at the memory verse and you kind of process that. You think about it. You work on it. You try to get it in your heart and your soul. And then once a week you get together with other people. And, and I, I want to land here a little bit because right now we have Thursday evening at 7 o'clock learning community where we get together for some, some supernatural synergy. And then on Friday at 1 o'clock... But if those two times don't work or if you need a Zoom group or if you need st- in some other way to have a time once a week with other people where you're, you're, sh- you're sharing what God is um, showing you together and you're learning and you're processing so that you can really experience Christ, I, we will pull out all the stops to, to give you that opportunity. Because you're going to get out of this emphasis what you put into it. And and so each Sunday we're going to be talking about it. And and we'll be highlighting a a lesson from the unit in some way. And we'll be emphasizing. And you will get something out of it. If that's all you put into it, you'll get something out of it. But I don't want it to just be head knowledge. I want it to be an experience that you have with God. Because... Um, I've been a Christian for 50 years now. I've been a pastor for over 40 years. And what I know is the, the last six months have been the best six months with Christ. Because it just gets better and better and better. The more deeply you, you're intimate, you have an intimacy with Him and an alignment with Him, it just keeps getting better and better. So I would do anything to get you to be a part of this because it can be transformational in your life. Um, So one of the the things I wanted to do is highlight um, somebody who's had this experience. So he disappeared. Uh Somebody go go get Dave (laughs) because I asked him to give us three or four minutes of his experience. He and Victoria have just gone through the experience of God. They completed it in the spring with uh, some friends of theirs before they came to New Song. And so as I've talked about experiencing God, you've probably heard either he or Victoria over here going, amen. Oh, you know, I didn't mean to say that because they were so excited about it. And so I asked Dave yesterday if he'd be willing to, to say how it affected him and why you should be a part of this. So if you're sitting, some of you are all in, you've got the books and, it, and you've started. Um, some of you are kind of sitting on the fence. Some of you are going, I, I don't care what Pastor Herb says, I'm not going to do this. So maybe if Dave talks, you'll listen to him. I don't know. Come on up, Dave. Do you need a stand? Yeah.
1: Well, good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Um, those of you I haven't he, met. You yet, need to
0: talk right into that thing.
1: My name is Dave Sabo. This is Liana. My best little buddy, granddaughter. Do we, we got the opportunity to, to have some great hang time today, so that was a blessing. So, Herb asked me to share about this book, Experiencing God, that are back there. The ones back there maybe covers a little bit different, but this study's been around forever. I never knew anything about it. However, Victoria and I uh, recently just finished this study up with two of our best friends in March of this year, and it came at a very opportune time because we had had to make the decision to leave um, a church fellowship that we'd been part of for 25 years. Since we were 19 years old, Victoria and I had been part of that place. We met there. We dated there. um, And what I had come to realize during that time period, kind of like Herb shared a little bit this morning about the John... The John verse about being a branch connected to the vine, but not feeling like there was a lot of—I felt like there was a lot of life going on there. Um, and so my friend encouraged us to do this uh, together. And in 25 years of attempting to walk with the Lord, I'd say that this study was was like meeting God for the first time for for me. And I wasn't a fair-weather church attendee. You know, I was in studies every week. I was trying to learn. And there was just always something missing. And I think it was about that intimacy and Christ's intent to want to have a relationship with me. So there in in the book, he talks about seven realities of experiencing God. I'll read a couple of these, and I just want to share a couple other thoughts. So number one, God is always at work around you. Two, God pursues a continuing love relationship with you that is real and personal. So personal to you. Personal to you. Personal to you. And personal to me. God invites you to become involved with him in his work. God speaks by the Holy Spirit through the Bible, prayer, circumstances, and the church to reveal himself, his purposes, and his ways. God's invitation for you to work with him always leads you to a crisis of belief that requires faith and action. You must, number six, you must make Major adjustments in your life to join God in what he is doing. And finally, number seven, you come to know God by experience as you obey him, and he accomplishes his work through you. And Herb asked, we were talking yesterday as we were working at the church. I was sharing with him, I was reading, I've been reading Matthew 11, quite a bit over the last two or three months, dealing, you know, changes in life, our, you know, we're empty nesters almost fully, now our son's out on his own, finding his way, we have our lovely granddaughter, Grace is a senior this year, and going to be going on her adventures, and there's a lot of anxiety and stressors and challenges that go with that, and this scripture uh, has been quite the comfort to me. I'll read it out of the message. It's Matthew 11:28 28 through 30. Are you tired, worn out, burned out on religion? Come to me. Get away with me, and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me watch how I do it learn the unforced rhythms of grace I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you keep company with me and you'll learn to live lightly and free so this week I was traveling I have an office in Milwaukee Wisconsin and I, took, I always take those opportunities to travel to really kind of dig, dig down on some ideas and things that God's been putting on my heart. And that phrase, unforced rhythm of grace, had really been pricking my heart and trying to understand exactly what that means. And I actually wrote in my journal, first time it stood out to me, a little dash beside it and unpack this. I was a little intimidated when, when the Holy Spirit had me write that down because I'm thinking what... What does that mean? What is that going to involve? And so um, during, during, the, during the week, uh, as part of my devotions, I grabbed Herb's book that he wrote called Intimacy and Awe, and I've just kind of been reading it along uh, the way here. And it, um, on the airplane Friday night, I got to this chapter in there. It's uh, chapter 16 in his book where he's, re- he's discussing... The moment after Christ's return, where he's, he has this moment with Peter. Do we all remember the moment where Peter denied Christ three times? Anybody remember that? Okay. So this moment that he was discussing in there is the moment where Christ comes to Peter and gives him three opportunities to repent of that scenario. Do you love me? Do you love me? Do you love me? Yes, Lord, I do. Feed my sheep, right, in that moment. And as I was reading that, I hearkened back through the Holy Spirit to unforced rhythm of grace and how Jesus pursued me intentionally the same way that he pursued Peter. This study series, it's a commitment. There's no denying that. There's thousands and thousands of religious and church and Christian products that are on the market. Okay, I mean you can, even today, even as secular as our world today, you can go to a truck stop, you can go to a pilot truck stop on your way to your next road trip, and there's a religious book section, and you can find a daily devotional book, you can find a Bible, whatever. Okay, so these, these studies are studies you can find everywhere. There's something different about this one. And I think at least for, for Victoria and I, the profound thing was one, we were, we were really begging and asking God to give us direction, because we were Trying to find our way, but then to do that together with others, right? Because you do it in a group, and as we make and it just, it's just something about making that personal commitment for me every day to do my devotionals, and, you know because you do something every day. But then we got to looking forward with longing that time that we were going to get together with our friends to discuss the things that we thought about that week. And you know how your weeks go. One week you may be flying. You may be feeling like you're right up there with Jesus, man. You're like, hey, this is great. You're up above the clouds looking down. It's like, oh, wow, look at that. Wow, they're really struggling. So glad I got Jesus. Five minutes later, <laughs> you're in the valley. Artillery's coming in, and you're in the middle of, of a heated battle. And then you're asking, where's God? The great thing is that God is always there. God is a person. And he wants a relationship with you. He desires. He pursues. And he's intentional about that. The same way that he was intentional with Peter that day, that's how he is with me and you. And I learned that. I learned a deep conviction and experience of that through doing this study with my brothers and sisters. And I am so excited that the Holy Spirit brought it around that we can do this together as a church. So thank you for, thank you for welcoming my family and I so lovingly into this congregation. And I'm excited to see what God's going to do with, in all of our lives as we do this journey together. Love you and thank you. Yes.
0: Thanks, Dave. Thank you. Appreciate it. As you heard from Dave, it's an experience. It's the whole point is to experience God, not just to know more about God, but to experience Him. So, let's talk for a few moments, a little bit about that. Experiencing God is really about. Allowing the spirit to turn our lives more right side up. Number one, it's all about Jesus. It's all about Jesus. This week in your unit, you're going to be looking at Jesus as the master. And, uh, uh, the, um, but he's, he also gave us an example of being a servant. Turn your Bible to John chapter 13, beginning with verse 12. If Anybody need a Bible? Okay, we need one up here, one here. Anybody else? Here and up here. Anybody else need a Bible? John chapter 13, we'll start with verse 12. This is right before Jesus goes to the cross and he meets with his 12 disciples. And um, in a previous verse, it it tells us that Jesus, wanting to show his disciples the full extent of his love, washed their feet. In verse 12, it says, when he had washed their feet and put on his outer garments and resumed his place, he said to them, do you understand what I've done to you? You call me teacher and Lord and you are right For so I am. If I then, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I've given you an example that you also should do as I have done to you. Truly, truly, I say to you, a servant is not greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. If you know these things, blessed are you if you do them. Now keep your Bible open there. And, and note that Jesus is the master and we are his servants. Jesus is the master. It always has to keep coming back to that because he loves us so much. And, that, and throughout scripture, he even tells us um, that we are his friends and we are his siblings, that we are seated with Christ in the heavenlies, that, that he has done everything for us, that he loves us so much. And, and in our world, there are places and teachers who will talk about uh, God as this God who loves us and, and there's a familiarity with God so that it, it can subconsciously cause us to bring him down to our level. But he's our master. He's our friend. He's our Lord. He's the one who loves us, but he is our master. It says in, in verse 13, You call me teacher and Lord, and you are right, for so I am. What happens is when we always make him our master, when we make him our Lord, when we make it, whatever he says, your will, not my will, when we give him the place of God in our lives, then he is all about us. And so he turns around and he serves us. So Jesus loves and serves his obedient servants. He, even as, as master. And so this is the, the paradox that he was dealing with, with his disciples is he takes the place of the lowest servant to wash their feet. And yet he's still their Lord. And then he says he wants to lead us on to do the same. So as servants of Jesus, who is Lord and Savior, that's why around here we talk a lot about knees and nudges because every day we honor Christ as Lord. We honor God as holy. We surrender ourselves to him. We give ourselves to him. Not my will but your will be done. Your kingdom come in my life. We give we give him the god place and we take the servant place. And then he he reaches down as a loving heavenly father and pulls us up on his lap and walks in in joyful um, w- go, going through our lives and puts us on mission to be servants as well. In verse 15, he says, for I have given you an example that you also should do just as I have done to you. In other words, take the role of the lowest servant, do whatever it takes in the lives of people around us to serve them, to help them see God, to help them to experience his love. We are, there's nothing too awful for us to do out of love for other people. Truly, truly, verse 16, I say to you, a servant is not greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. So if you know these things, blessed are you at one with God, experience the joy and the grace and the mercy and the peace and the satisfaction and the abundant life that he offers to us when we do them. Not if we know them, but if we do them. So it's all about Jesus. It always has to be about Jesus. He is Lord. He's not someone we can manipulate or tell what to do. He's Lord. And we are his servants. Number two, Jesus offers then to turn us right side up. Did I ever tell you about that cruise I was on and the strawberry Sunday? And how good it was. And how I never knew how good it could be. Even though I had 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 strawberry sundaes. my, My mom's homemade ice cream with fresh strawberry sauce. And yet this cruise, it was better. And I didn't even know that it existed. And I'm convinced that the vast majority of people who called themselves Christ followers don't understand the depth of pleasure there is in walking with Christ. We've had worship services and we've experienced a relationship with Christ and and we've seen it and we've sung the songs and we've prayed the prayers and there have been moments when God gave joy to us, but there's more. Never be satisfied, ever, because there's more. I want to turn in your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 3, beginning with verse 14. And I saw this scripture this week, and it brought, God seemed to bring it to my mind in a fresh way, because this is one of my favorite, I've got a lot of favorite passages of scripture, but this is one of them that I turn to often, and you'll even hear me talk about it um, um, exceedingly abundantly, more than all we can ask or imagine. You know that I, I talk about that a lot, but This week, as I'm reading it, it's almost as if the Spirit said to me, this is supposed to be experience rather than knowledge. You're supposed to experience this passage. What I'm offering to you is an experience with me, not just understanding, not just promises in in your mind. Ephesians chapter 3, beginning with verse 14, says, For this reason I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in earth and on heaven is named. That according to the riches of his glory. And and here, I, you know, as I'm, I'm reading this passage, I, I'm thinking, um, the apostle Paul is kind of in the same spot I am in that he is he wants so much for the readers to understand the depth of intimacy that he's experienced because it's so good and he can't explain it because. You never had that strawberry sundae on the cruise ship with me. How do I share that with you? I don't know. But this, I think that's what Paul's doing. That according to the riches of his glory, all that he has, all the resources of heaven, he may grant you to be strengthened with power through his spirit in your inner being. Not just knowing that that's there, but that you would experience his presence. His his power comes with his presence. So his desire is that you would be strengthened. You would be given all the strength that you need through his spirit, through him being divine and us being the branches, through his life, his nourishment flowing through us. Why? So that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And it's not that they, they don't have Christ, they have him. But what he's talking about is deeper and stronger and broader and and more intimate and more satisfying and more pleasurable. He says, so that you may experience it more, Christ within you, that you being rooted and grounded, rooted and grounded, the picture is growing deeper. The root's going deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper, sapping the the deeper nourishment, the, the, the more powerful stuff, may have strength to comprehend with all the saints. Comprehend what? What is it so important, Paul, that you want us to comprehend? That, that you're emphasizing this, that you're coming at this with all the eloquence that you have. That you might experience what is the breadth and length and height and depth and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge. What I want you to experience is the pres- The the person of Christ, the love relationship with Christ. And then he goes, it surpasses knowledge. It's beyond anything that you, you can comprehend. You can't explain it. You can't define it. You, no matter how many books you write on it, it, it doesn't, it, because it's not just a mental exercise, it's experiencing him. There are people in your life that you know in an intellectual way maybe coworkers and, and, and your acquaintances with them and you talk about work stuff and, and, and you know that if you saw them on the street or at a ball game, you'd say hi and how is your family? And, and you know them like that. But there are people in your life that when you're with them, there's something that happens. And it doesn't matter what you're doing. There's something in you that goes, this is so good. It's Dave with his little granddaughter up here, when he holds her, something happens. There's a depth of experience. And I think one of the strategies of the devil himself is to get us to know about God but not experience the breadth and the length and the height and the depth of the love of God that it surpasses all knowledge. Why? Why? so that you could be filled with all the fullness of God. So that the world grows strangely dim every day. So that no matter what you face, you're still experiencing the fullness of God. And, and stuff comes at you and it beats you up, but you've got the fullness of God. And it's just he just keeps filling you up and he keeps flowing through you. So other people are seeing it and experiencing it through you, that his presence is so full. It's just It overwhelms you. It flows through you because it's an experience. It's not a knowledge. And we live in a culture that that focuses on knowing stuff intellectually and not experiencing it, especially when it comes to God. And then he says, now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all we ask or think, far more abundantly. According to the power, and I want you to notice this, that is at work, not out there, but in here. The Spirit of God, the presence of God living in us. For I'm crucified with Christ, yet I no longer live. And the life that I now live is by faith in the Son of God. His presence within me, right? I am the vine. He he said, I am the vine and we are the branches. His life flowing through us. And that comes from surrender, not from making just a mental decision, but from surrender and giving him the, and to him be a glory in the church and Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen experiencing God, the daily time with him, memorizing the verse, meeting with other people and sharing and allowing the Holy Spirit to flow through you and, and to share what you've learned and, and, and what God has done and how he's working in your life. And then listening to the Blackabees give us some perspective from, from their, um, from, from their experience. All of that is an experience to know God more and better and deeper and stronger and experience the pleasure that He has for us. And so I put some points in there that we've already already referred to. It's, It's going from it's turning allowing God to turn us right side up from an intellectual knowledge, and there is intellect, I mean there is thinking. He uses our mind, but it's not, it just doesn't stick there. It's experiential knowing. John 17, 3, this is eternal life, here and later, that they may know you, not that they may know about you, but they may know you in this intimate relationship. The only true God and Jesus Christ whom you have sent is from information to transformation. Information you put in your head. Transformation is you live it out and you transform, you're changed. It's from holding on to control, which is what religion is all about. If I do this, God has to do that. It's from control to surrender. I have to let go. It's going from comfort, what I'm comfortable with, which is what drives our culture, to sacrifice. I've I've mentioned this before, but a phrase that God gave me is, I, the fact that I'm not comfortable with that is no longer an option. I'm not comfortable with setting aside a day a week to be with church people. That's not an option. It's not about being comfortable. It's about, do you want God? Do you want to experience Him? Do you want to have the life that is really life? Do you want Him to be a charge? It's from duty to joy. It's from duty to joy. Religion is all about duty. Doing the right thing, following the right thing, you know, pleasing God and all that. It's about joy. It's about joy. Je- Jesus says, you know, the stoplight. Stop that, stop what you're doing because I love you and I got more for you. John fifteen eleven. These things, Jesus says, I've spoken to you that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be full. He says, I've given you all these commandments. I've lived all of this. I've done all this stuff. Why? So that you can be good little soldiers walking in step with me, doing what I tell you to do? No. So that you can experience the joy that I created you with. All the way back in the Garden of Eden that the devil continues to steal. I want you to have joy. Let's talk. I struggled all week whether to tell you this or not because I've, I've shared it with leadership team. I shared it with Acts Thirteen team, and I struggled whether to tell you this or not because um, I felt like it was God gave it to me for me. <laughs> but then, then I was praying, and I sensed God say. You don't think I've been doing all of this stuff in your life just for your comfort, do you? <laughs> oh, okay. I guess not. It's so that you can help others. If you've been around me very, any, any length of time, you know that so oftentimes when God wants to um, drive a lesson or, or give me a deeper understanding, he does it. Um, as I'm praying in pictures, moving pictures, it's it's kind of like a film. Um, and so Dave referred to my books, and I talk about the time when God showed me about, um, you know, come sit on my lap. And and so there've been those kinds of moments throughout my life. And so I was praying with a friend of mine um, about a week and a half ago. And as we were praying, one of those pictures came to mind. So. And one of the reasons I struggle to share this is, if you don't know me very well, you might think he's crazy, and I probably ought to get out of here. <laughs> but this is just the way God seems to talk to me. So, um, as I pray, He gives me these pictures, and they're always very powerful, and and they have layers of meaning with them. So this was about a week and a half ago. Um, we were praying. And there was, there, was, it was, there was a lot to it. I just want to give you this section. Um, and so the picture is that I'm standing on a path. Um, and I, I sense the Holy Spirit kind of uh, just filling me and, and kind of almost in control. And then Jesus is beside me. And I, as I'm standing there, I sense Jesus say, okay, walk with me. And my immediate response is, well, that's scary because I don't know where you're taking me. (laughs) And he said, well, it's not about the next step. It's about being in step. So I said, okay. And so I kind of take this tentative step, but I'm still um, worried about you know, mud puddles or, you know, getting off the path, or am I going to go away that he doesn't want me to go? And he just says, walk with, just come with me. Just keep in step, just keep in step. And then, so I start walking a little bit faster. And then, then he prods me and we go a little bit faster. And then he says, come on, let's go faster. And And I'm at a jog and then pretty soon I'm running. And, 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 and all of those concerns that I had were kind of peeling away. And then we get to this clearing and and Jesus grabs me, and now we're dancing. And I got a little self-conscious because I don't dance very good. <laughs> and he said, and he said, eyes on me. Just dance with me. Just dance with me. And in that moment. I, even in that, and, and especially reflecting on it since, the dance was the freedom and the joy and the delight. Because when you're dancing, you're not worried about whether you're going to step into a mud puddle or not. You're just, there's this dance. And, but it, then it wasn't just for me. Um, as I looked around, there were other people watching. And then And then in my mind, it went to this have you seen those movies where you know, they, they have these Jewish weddings or celebrations and, and they're all holding hands or they're linked arms and they're all doing this dance and all together and they're, they're all celebrating and there's just this delight. There's all this joy. That, there's all this, all this going on. And I sense that that God was saying, that's the way I want you to live. Yeah, no. And so here's, here's the application. Well, so here, here, this is important. This is really, really important. Anytime you sense God say anything to you, go to the Bible and make sure it's there. Amen. Because you can go way off track. Because the devil can lie to you, you know it could be your own, you know, could be the pizza you ate yesterday. You know, it could be a lot of different things. You got to make sure it's in the Bible. And so when I had this picture, and I I thought, is that really biblical? I mean, is that really truly real? And then, and so as I've been praying and processing it, God uh, brought me back to a verse that has been. A hallmark for us the last two and a half years, especially if you watch the live stream that I do on Facebook, uh, one of the hallmark scriptures is Galatians chapter 5, verse 25. If we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. And so I'm staying on the path, and he says, don't worry about the next step, just keep in step. And so the running and the jogging, you know, they're the going fast. But what about the dance? What, what? Is that real? I mean, I grew up in a in a very legalistic church where you don't dance. You know, you just and to imagine Jesus dancing. you go. Mm-hmm. So is that in the Bible? Is that really in the Bible? So I, I, I dug a little bit deeper into Galatians five twenty five, the 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 true translation. So I, and, and so I, I'll, when I think of the scripture, if we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. Um, I, in, I'm thinking walk in step with the Spirit. But that's not what it says. The, the literal translation is... Um, an orderly, well-regulated way, well-regulated way of behavior or moving with the Spirit. If you live by the Spirit, move with the Spirit. Amen. It's about living in alignment. But then I got to thinking, because I don't dance, you know? I don't, I don't, I'm not familiar with dancing. But then, it, it, do you realize... Well, you probably are ahead of me. In order to dance, you have to keep in step with your partner. I was blown away. I was, because it never occurred to me. And Jesus is the master, so he's the one that leads, right? And so it's not just walking in step, you know, and in my mind, being an old drum major, I'm thinking, you know, march step. Everybody, keeping step as as if he's, as if Jesus is a drill sergeant. What if the better picture is Jesus is leading the dance? Because it's about joy. It's not just about alignment. It's about joy. And even in the circle, somebody's got to take the lead, right? It's Jesus. And then we all link arms together. We're dancing. And when you're dancing, you can't help but smile, right? Especially if you're dancing with me because you're going to go, he doesn't know what he's doing. <laughs> what an idiot. Looking and falling over his feet. What? You can't help but dance. Oh, you're sweating, right? When you're dancing, but you're laughing and there's such joy. And then when the dance ends, there's camaraderie and there's, there's something about keeping in step that makes all the difference in the world. And then I went to my Bible program and I looked it up. Look at Psalm 30, verses 11 to 12. You have turned for me my mourning into dancing. There it is. You have loosed my sackcloth, which is a a garment of mourning. When people would, especially when people would die, they would put on sackcloth as a way to grieve. And you have, instead, you have exchanged it with clothes clothing me with gladness, that my glory may sing your praise and not be silent. O Lord, my God, I will give thanks to you forever. When we're walking in step with the Spirit and when we're dancing in step with Jesus, then he, he is delighted in us and we bring glory and honor to him. Psalm 149 verses 1 to 5. Praise the Lord. Sing to the Lord a new song. That would be a good name for a church. in the Bible. His praise in the assembly of the godly. And and there I imagine the circle of dancers in the assembly. Let Israel be glad in his maker. Let the children of Zion rejoice in their king. Let them praise his name with dancing. Making melody to him with tambourine and lyre. That speaks of joy. 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 This is supposed to be joy. This is supposed to be satisfaction. Have I ever told you about the cruise where I had strawberry... (laughs) Sunday. The delight and the joy and the taste. We've tasted, but he's got more for us. There's more. There's more. He did not, listen to me. He did not give me that picture for me alone. He gave it because that's what he wants for all of us. And when I go back to that picture, it just brings tears to my eyes because God loves us so much. He does. He wants to give us delight, but you have to If I ever wanted to be a good dancer, I'd have to put a lot of effort into it, right? I'd have to learn the steps. I'd have to find somebody who knows better. That's what experiencing God is all about. Putting the effort into what will help us dance with him and for him. And what what will happen when people who don't know Jesus see the people of God having that kind of joy? That's the mission, right? When they see that, when they, and they can experience that. And then when people come and visit us and they go, and, and they're invited into the dance. No, don't just sit there. Let's do this. Let's experience the joy. But I don't know the dance. I'll help you. For God takes pleasure in his people. He is delighted with us. He loves us. He adorns the humble with salvation. Let the godly exalt in glory. Let them sing for joy on their beds. God takes pleasure in his people. So what if keeping in step is sometimes walking the path? It's sometimes sitting with Jesus, you know, talking about what's important. But then when we get up and keep in step, it's more full of joy with spring in our step. Not because we, we, we somehow, out of our will, we just you know, make it happen, but because we've surrendered so fully that we can't help it. Experiencing God is an emphasis that is intended to lead you to experience Him more. Dance. And I want you to have that picture in your head when you sit down to do your daily time. I want you to hear the voice of the Spirit say, okay, let's dance. When we get together once a week, come, let's let's dance. Because it's joy. It's joy. Lord, I pray that you would bring All of this exceedingly abundantly, that you would bring it to reality. But Lord, the next 12 weeks or so will, will be such a delight. Lord, I pray that you would protect those who are committed to, to participating because we know the enemy's coming. I pray that you would help us to see the schemes of the enemy and and go to you, to walk with you, to dance with you. And no matter how hard it gets, no matter how hot the battle is, God, that you would um, overwhelm us with your presence and your power within us. Keep us attached as branches to you as the vine. Lord, do deliver on your promise to do exceedingly and abundantly more than all that we could ask or imagine. God, I believe that you are working, that you're up to stuff. Help us to, to pay attention. Help us to link arms. We give ourselves to you, Lord, whatever you want, whatever you want. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.